Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pictards Podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenya the podcast. And I'm the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers. Didn't I change it to also undefeated? I'm the motherfucking undefeated. <laughs> All right. And our spark plug and mother of cat Liz is waiting for a need of a spark plug. So she will be with us in the future. And this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. We look at the pilot episodes. Real quick disclaimer, petard is a word, it's a real word, and petards are bombs of the French variety. Look it up, read your Shakespeare, and you know what? Next time you're hanging out with some friends, just drop the word petard, see who reacts, it's interesting. Pilots and Petards is also a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. And we'd like to give a very special thank you to today's sponsor, Public Libraries, for this ad-free listening. Thank you, Public Libraries, and your free books. And your free comics, and your free DVDs, and your free audiobooks, and your free place to hang out and use internet. Like, goddamn. I absolutely love public libraries. Pay your taxes, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> call, call your senators and congressmen and get them to open up the national government. Uh, also, here's a fuck you to Crooked Media for your crooked piece of shit ads. It's not in the show notes, but fuck you, Bill Maher, for any number of reasons. Just <laughs> pick one. And uh, contact us to sponsor a show or slander arrival. Like, it's all good. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free entertainment, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads. We could create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt by leaving us a iTunes review. That's right. We're getting back on the iTunes reviews and ratings bandwagon. Just leave us one. Mm -hmm. If you've already left us an iTunes review or rating, then go ahead and tell someone else about our podcast. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the American psycho in a bookstore will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Yeah, so this is our mini-sode. This will be spoiler-free. We're going to evaluate the quality of this pilot. Join us in a couple days and we will do a deeper dive into the themes, the story, the characters, all that good stuff. So join us in a few days for that extended discussion. The war, yep, this is you. The you is the title of this show, and the first episode is called appropriately Pilot. And so, Drew, it looks like I am your background. Do you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I did notice this show because the lead actor was critical of people who like the protagonist, I suppose, on the show, but I can pull that out in dangling threads. But bef before that, I was like, I've heard of this show kind of, and then Jimbo was like, let's watch it. What about you, Jimbo? I noticed it on Netflix as like an advertisement, and I watched it while I was awaiting The Punisher Season 2, which they totally scumbagged me on. They advertised it as coming out at midnight on Friday. They didn't specify that it was going to be midnight on Friday, West Coast, Pacific Standard Time. Whoa. So I'm, I'm there at like 12.01. I'm looking for my Punisher. I can't find any Punisher anywhere. I found you. And I went on, you know, I went online and I found out that it wasn't being released until midnight on Pacific Standard Time, which was annoying. So I watched you. Uh, that is that is dumb <laughs> because as everyone knows, Eastern Standard Time is the international release date because we're in America. Stupid. Yeah. It's the default. Totally. So rude. It's a, it's a Netflix scam to get us to watch a couple of shows that we weren't going to watch. 
It, to- it totally is. It worked. I actually tried to watch Thor Ragnarok at midnight when it came out, and Jimbo, you're right, it wasn't there Eastern Standard Time. I still haven't seen that. I want to. Fun. Jimbo hates it. I'm not even sure if I saw that one, but it, I'm sure it sucks even if I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm sure even if Jim- Jimbo's not seeing something has never stopped him from hating it. <laughs> yeah. has a fully formed opinion i got it. a sixth sense <laughs> mo do you have a background with this show before we move on um no i had i had dinner with my family a couple evenings before and somebody mentioned you and then i like just forgot about it oh you like the, the you know. already confused yeah and then when when Drew texted me, that's what we're watching. And then I started watching it. I realized, oh, this was the one because she, my aunt has just had described it as kind of weird and creepy. You, your aunt has accurate is, tastes yeah. in describing TV shows. And I just imagined her watching that episode, that pilot. And I was like, oh, why did she watch this? <laughs> I'm just going to add that th- this was a book like a lot of the series. It was a book. It was written in 2014 by Carolyn uh, Kepnes. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. K-E-P-N-E-S, Kepnes, another novel turned series. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Big Little Lies in the fact that it kind of has a similar, you know, you have a woman writer and then you have a decent amount of women working on the production as well. There's a lot of women writers throughout the series and some women on the producing. One, one, one of the creators is also a woman as well. I always love your due diligence on women, the status of women on each episode, Jimbo. Thank you, Mo. And on that note, Drew's going to hit us with a two-sentence summary. So Joe is just your everyday average Joe who works at a bookstore, except that he uses the power of the internet to stalk and infiltrate the life of a pretty grad student who stops in his shop. Does Joe hate the shallow trappings of Beck's life, or does Joe hate himself? Tune in to find out. All right, so now we're going to move into part one. Highs, lows, anything in between. Mo, you want to lead us? Sure. I... Did not enjoy this pilot very much. So I guess I'll just start with the low. I thought the writing was pretty weak, especially considering that it's supposed to be, he's supposed to be an intellectual who knows all about books, but then the writing is just very predictable and kind of corny. I don't know. I thought they played off each other in a weird way. I didn't. I didn't like dig the chemistry between any of the characters, but in particular, Joe and Bex um, fell really short. And I think it's because they were just trying too hard to be these like literary forlorn type of angsty New Yorkers who can't pay the rent. I don't know. I just, I thought the show did that on purpose. Cause I thought, Same here. I think, I think this is a deeply cynical show. So you think they're purposely trying to be, predictable in the way they're in their writing and i think they were written to feel that way i don't think there's a likable character on the show but i also don't think there's supposed to be a likable character so i mean i could say there's a protagonist but i don't think there's a hero and i mean i was kind of i was into that a little bit we'll get to whether we're gonna watch or rewatch but i can piggyback on 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 drew's comment see i think they do enough with joe where you I really wanted to root for Joe. In fact, I'm not even convinced that I don't like Joe. I think they do a really great job of like balancing that. Do you like him? Do you not like him? You kind of know that you shouldn't, but then there's so many little things coming in that kind of like, you know, uh, maybe. And we will definitely talk about him later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, Jimbo. I'll give you that. They do play his character well in pulling you 
away and towards his likability. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think that like maybe the strength of the show is like how manipulative it is in terms of like how we feel about Joe. Like he's the vehicle, he's the star, and we definitely are introduced to a couple different scenarios. Some definitely an eleven on the creeptastic creeper scale. You know, but then other things like the show really goes out of its way to be like, well, here's a sympathetic side. What I like about the show, though, is that they never really blend his creeperness with his sympathetic side. You know, they kind of keep those things like partitioned. He's a sociopath. I don't think he is. We can talk about that. We can get there. Yeah. But I mean, okay, well, I just I like that they never really paint his obsession with Beck as like being sympathetic. You know, like, whereas, like, the things about him that are sympathetic are, like, his interactions with other characters. And to add what Mo was saying about her aunt watching this, this show is extremely creepy. I would say mm-hmm. it's not, like, straight up a horror or terror, but I think I was more creeped out by this pilot than any other show that we've watched so far. It makes you kind of squirm. Because you, like, know, like, something has to happen, right? Like, like you're, the whole time you're watching, you're like, this has to go somewhere. Like, not good. This is going somewhere yes. where things are going to get weird. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you like that terror, this show is 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 pushing that terror a lot. And the whole time, I couldn't help but hear my partner's voice in my head because he's so paranoid about leaving the curtains open. <laughs> so, it's just like, people are watching us or, like, you don't know who's following you and they're whatever. You're enticing people. And I I don't give a fuck. I'll just be like walking around naked with the windows open like no one's looking and then watching this show i'm like fuck this is so scary and this is they're how- not looking no one's looking dude okay time no, out i mean i know but also <laughs> Mo, jimbo people could look well okay so i'm not i'm not a joe style creeper but i have started <laughs> taking walks at night um just because like i want there to be a separation between when i put my kid to bed and when i either get to work or do something else or help out with the next kid i've started taking like a 15 minute walk around my block right around 7 p.m. And around <laughs> 7, people still have their windows open and like their TVs and shit are on. But like, you know, at least for me, I don't close up shop on like all of our curtains and all of our windows till like I'm going to bed around like 8 30 or 9. So like I've texted with my wife or I've told her when I got home, I'm like, babe, like I can see in everyone's house. And like, <laughs> Some people are just watching TV, you know, but also, like, some people, like, have all their lights on and all of their, like, curtains open. So, like, that shit's real, and especially at night. And you can't see out if your lights exactly. are on inside. You yep. can't see out. Mo, I'm I'm assuming you live in an apartment. Yeah, we're on the third floor, and the only people no that No one's looking, us. dude. No yeah. one's out there looking in everyone's windows, man. <laughs> except, except for this guy. Um, I'll say this. What I what I like about what you guys are saying is that I think the creepiness of this show is, like, very different than The Haunting of Hill House, you know, because, like, that's, like, a supernatural creepiness. This is a, like, weird creepers exist in the world, and they could find your personal information on the internet, and, like, this might be extreme, but, like, the creepiness of, like, someone watching you while you are not aware of it, yeah, that's kind of real, so. Well, it builds the foundation of you know, pre-technology stalkers of just, you know, classic, get the planner and see where they're going to be all day and follow, like following someone, which you could do before Facebook or social media. But now with that extra layer, he knows everything about fucking Beck. And and this terror is relatable to almost all viewers. Very few people are actually going to 
be worried about a real life haunting hill house you know like a small pop pop you know a small population actually is afraid of that stuff dude everyone's at least a little bit eerie about technology mm-hmm. yeah should super totally. real. all right let me ask this this is my high point but i want to get most perspective because she's she's a former new yorker so i really thought the cinematography and like some of the wide shots and the small shots of new york like kind of grounded it like i like that a lot in terms of like making a New York a character, because I think it kind of adds to the desperation, especially of Beck's character. Um, Mo, as a former New Yorker, what did you think about the cinematography of the show? I, I can see what you're saying. It definitely helped move the story along and played an active role in the way things were unfolding. And I do think it was purposeful having it set in a city like New York, where I think there's a line in the in the show where they say, how can you can be like so alone or something like that. Jimbo, you're usually good at remembering these quotes. but Sorry, man. Um, but I, the point is, it, it's like this huge city where you're rubbing elbows with people all the time, but you could feel totally alone and like see strangers all the time. But then somehow these two people like connect randomly and then not so randomly <laughs> later. Um, so that's like the sense I got from it being set in such a city like New York. And... There's more I want to add to it, but I think it'll go in the second part of the show. Like, only in New York would you just follow some random person down an alley. (laughs) I'll just say that. (laughs) Sorry, Mo, did you see anything where you're like, I know that corner? I I didn't, but she was, I think she is at NYU, right? So most of that was in the village. Yeah, it it was in the village. Or supposed to be. I I wondered what bookstore it was supposed to be and if it was supposed to be some, like, famous, based off some... Some famous bookstore like Strand or something. But Strand is like Bards and Noble, kind of. It's like more built up than that one. But no, I mean, I always love seeing New York. And I think, Jimbo, you were going to say that the opening the opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene was just really cool. Um, overview shot. You have both rivers. You can see the bridges. The sun's rising on New York City, which was kind of just a really nice shot. The second episode, I saw the very first scene. The sun is setting on New York City, oh. so there's like this this nice little uh, antithesis. Uh, I'm good on my highs and lows. Oh, I will say this: I thought the book binding scene was very interesting, but maybe I'm just weird like that. Okay, I looked up how to like work on old books. And besides having like a mallet, like it was pretty right on. Oh, okay, really? Cool. I was gonna be, I was gonna be sad if it was bullshit. I was I like, don't lie to me, TV. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I love they didn't that you say you needed to have like a freezer room, but <laughs> that was exaggerated. They didn't mention oh, that okay. part. It makes sense to have it a little cool, maybe. But all right, so we are gonna move into the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Are any of us going to watch the rest of this series, Mo? Ah. <sighs> I mean, I might. See, I like. <laughs> Most said she didn't like the pilot. And I didn't she like might the watch pilot. It. Now that we're talking about all the cool shots of New York, I do maybe just want to see something in New York. So maybe, but the, I don't. I don't like any of the characters. That's a little problem then. I'm leaning more towards no, but I don't really have that much going on as far as my watch list, so I might get desperate. Are you in a show drought? Yeah. After binging Game of Thrones, I'm really feeling empty. Are you done? Are yeah. You done, Matt? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's talk later. Okay. <laughs> Maisel, dude. Check out Maisel. I did. I already watched it. Yeah. No, I'm feeling real 
real empty. <laughs> well, I'm also probably not going to watch it. I am going to read the first couple chapters of the book. I'm interested in, in in the book. If the book can keep me interested, then I might finish it, but it's hard to say. I have like a handful of books at the house that I that I'm trying to read all at one time, so uh, I'm probably not going to watch this. This show seems like a bummer, and uh, I don't want to watch that right now. So there you go. <laughs> all right, hoisters. And now the moment you've all been waiting for to hoist or not to hoist. That is a question for any new listeners. This is where we decide if this pilot was good or bad. To hoist means it is bad. To not hoist means it is at least good enough. And I'm not going to hoist it. I think this is a pretty strong pilot. I'm with you. Um, just because I don't want to watch the show doesn't mean it wasn't a pretty good pilot. Um, I was intrigued, and actually, I I kept having this feeling where like I kept not knowing where the ending was going to be. I was like, "Is this the last scene? Is this the last scene? What's going to happen next?" That's a good sign. I'm not hoisting this pilot. Yeah, even 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 the rewatch for me, I I uh, did watch it twice, and the second time, I enjoyed it. So, well, since we're defining not hoist as uh. Barely good enough. I'll could be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's 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 the the this is a black or white yeah. thing. There's no maybe yeah. here. So that's uh that's where I'm I'm landing. It's I think it's barely good enough. So I'm gonna go ahead and not hoist. That's fine. Yeah. We will take it. Yeah. And that is a unanimous decision. Yeah. Unanimous not hoist. The pilot episode of you is not hoisted. And Mo's gonna introduce her favorite part of the show. The put it anywhere guys quest for the best. Yes, this is our list of the best and worst pilots ever. We have a running list. There is a link in the show notes. Check it out. It's live. And we are going to place you into that list. And Mo doesn't care <laughs> until she cares. And I was like, we could change the name from Put It Anywhere, guys, to I don't care, but wait, don't put it there. <laughs> put it anywhere but there, guys. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm thinking between Punisher and Barry. That's uh, 24 and 19 on our list. That's a decent showing considering we have 67 pilots. Jimbo, I'm with you. I think uh, I think this is definitely better than South Park, Westworld, and I would even say Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights drags a little bit. This show kind of kept things moving, which I liked. I don't think this is as good as Friday Night Lights. Because Friday Night Lights, you left that pilot actually rooting for a character and actually liking some of the characters and maybe even developing dislike for some. I mean, it ends with the quarterback being paralyzed. How dramatic is that? You know, yeah, Friday Night Lights is like a fun short story. You don't really need to watch the rest of it, you know, in my opinion, but it's also kind of a cliche like sports story as well. So I would say it should definitely be above Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I don't want to ding you for being unlikable because I think they're unlikable on purpose. I think their unlikableness makes the show good. Maybe my ceiling is Big Little Lies, because I'm with you, Jimbo. I think there's a lot of parallels between these two shows, and I think the difference might be that Big Little Lies has more likable characters, and I think that Penn Bagley's um, performance is the strongest part of this pilot, but you know, maybe Reese Witherspoon has a stronger one in Big Little Lies. Okay, so if, if that's the way Moe's feeling, then let's... The, so Moe's definitely going low... And so let's put it below Big Little Lies. Friday Night Lights is better. I know. We we already ruled you out on that one, man. We moved on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but Jimbo's also saying he'd go as high as like Barry. I'm I'm trying to compromise here, Mo. 
Well, I would put it above Big Big Little Lies. So, but Mo wants it low, so that's what that that was kind of my compromise. Oh, I see. I see what you're doing. Mo, you make the call above or below Big Little below. Lies. All right, dude. Rashid made me a smoothie, and I think he put pre workout in it because I feel really hyper. Uh oh. Yeah, dude. You might have to go actually work out now. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just feel like jittery. Bah. We have a new number 23. And so now we're going to move into our Patardar for any new listeners. These are recommendations based on today's viewing and conversation. And so I already kind of mentioned, but I'm going to put you the book by Carolyn Kepnis. That's in my Patardar. Uh, I'm dropping easy A on there. That's some early Penn Bagley work. You know, the dude always had a lot of potential and he seems to be uh, utilizing it in, uh, in this show. So good for you. Good job. I'm going to put in my Pedardar that movie with Robin Williams where he works in a photo shop. What's it called? One hour photo. One hour photo because that's ultimate creep. That's an, that, I felt the same feelings watching that movie as I did watching this pilot. I haven't seen that, so maybe maybe I should. It's it's pretty good, and it's very creepy. And Robin Williams is so good at being like sweet and likable, but then just so twisted. <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered the name. I was not blanking on it. All right, well, that is a short petardar, and all you know, you can check out our our episodes on Big Little Lies. It's a very similar type show. You can check out Barry as well. So this concludes the minisode for you. Join us in a few days for the extended discussion where we will let the spoilers flow like wine. We will dive deeper into stories and themes. Follow our blog, Twitter, Facebook group. Check out Jake Drew, who produced our intro and outro music. Every day we hoist land pilots and petards out. Mm-hmm.